Hey everybody, it's Monday. It's a good good day of the week. This has the same first letter as my name, which is Marcus. So today we are going to talk about how you can budget and save for your first home purchase. I deal with a lot of renters and our last episode was kind of a reaction to certain articles that were written last week on CNN, Business Insider, just talking about how millennials in the, you know, the current age group, basically, you know, eight, what is it, 20 or 18 to 35 are owning homes in smaller numbers than in previous generations. And the reasons going over that, cultural shifts, sharing economy, student debt, things like that. But it's a good idea to own your home for, for multiple reasons, and it's something that everyone should get started with at a young age to save up for a down payment because, you know, down payments can be expensive, especially in major cities around the world or in the country. Um, and even if you don't, even if you don't uh, buy a house, being able to save up for that nest egg is really important. And maybe you'll make other purchases with it, or it just gives you peace of mind to be in control of your financial life and your savings. So um, there's a couple angles you can go at it from. I'm going to talk mostly about simple ways to save. We're going to go with an assumption that you have a job or you're making enough income as a freelancer to to sustain sustain yourself. So. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people's personal finances and a couple tried and true aspects that people have, or sorry, just the strategies and features of how people are managing their money for people who have the most money and usually do it by themselves, do a few things properly. Okay. So first we want to talk about budgeting your income and your expenses in regards to your house. So in major cities, it's a little bit different, but as a rule of thumb, you basically want to be saving or spending 30% or less of your take home income on your housing expense. Now that's pretty ambitious. If you are doing that, you are way ahead of the game. And if you're not, I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Um, it's just kind of a rule of thumb that people go by, agents go by, and, uh, you know, sometimes up to, depending on where you are, cause sometimes you're incorporating gym memberships or cleaning service and things like that. Some people spend all the way up to 50%, especially if they have a bonus heavy income. Um, but I, it's really, you want to start at around 30%. So 30% if you're doing that. You're doing good. Good for you. Number two, one of the biggest aspects is you want to be saving, try to save 10% of your take home in a separate fund for rainy day fund or just save, try to save 10%. That's the goal. If you can do that, you're also doing great. So when you get that 10%, where do you want to put it? Um, A lot of People think you just want to leave it in your checking account. That's a bad idea. 
Um, what I like to do, and I think a lot of people recommend this, is for financial planning books is, you know, you want to have your base checking savings account to operate your life, pay your monthly expenses, but you don't want to keep that hugely flush with cash, right? Because it's too easy to, 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 to look at and say, hey, I have a lot of money this month. I'm going to go buy something. I have this. I can. I have X amount of dollars. I can buy this little toy. It's not too bad. Keep as little amount as money in that your primary checking and savings account as possible. And that's for two reasons. One, just use it as an operational account, especially if you're like a salesperson or you get big commissions. Having a small primary account that you look at every day, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you grounded on your thinking in your in terms of your income versus like your net worth or what you have. Okay. So that's number one, get your primary checking savings account. Just think about it as an expense account. Don't think about it as your savings account. Number two, make sure that you're using the best checking and savings accounts. Certain, certain banks just aren't good. They just don't offer you the best options and features as a customer. Places like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, they're not that good. They're just not. So you really want to shop around depending on which city you're in. But for instance, like in New York, if you use a Charles Schwab checking account, it has a little bit of interest, but it's still a checking account that has interest, almost zero fees, free checks. They reimburse you when you use ATMs. They're very client focused. And you can bundle you know, investing accounts as well brokerage accounts as well with it, which is a really nice feature. And then number two for your savings account, it's gone down in years, but just recently, but use a high interest savings account. That's an account that you're going to make less than six transactions, seven transactions a month. And these accounts give you, I think it's like two, I think right now it's 2.1 up to two, three for interest in your savings account each month. And it's not much. But if you decide you're not going to put it in some other account that's going to be like a brokerage account or a Roth IRA or something like that, that's where you want to be keeping your money. And have the, you know have your separate savings accounts for things you need. If you want to do go on a vacation, if you have a rainy day fund, have sub accounts to uh, help you manage your money and allocate it properly. Um, like for instance, I'm a real estate agent, you know, have an uh, account set aside for your quarterly estimated tax payments, have a separate account for your business transactions, than your personal accounts. So kind of compartmentalizing what you want to save for and what you want to do is really helpful. And that's checking, that's savings, that's operational expenses and kind of the ballpark figures that you want to have. So just to recap, try to spend 30% or less of your take-home income on rent. If you're doing that, you're way ahead of the game. If you're not, I wouldn't feel too bad, but never try to exceed over 50% because that's going to be difficult, okay? Number two, use your operational checking savings account to keep a minimal amount in there as possible, just for your expenses each month. Rent, food, transportation, you know, going out here and there, just operational life things. Number three, set aside your high interest savings account um, that you try not to touch and don't look at it very often. You don't want to be 
if you're looking at a smaller account balance, it'll motivate you to, to be more disciplined, right? And then lastly, this is, we can make a new episode about a different episode about this later, but investing, you know, a lot of people say that they want to, you want to time the market or have these great stock picks. Uh, It's generally not recommended really just even with market fluctuations of bearable markets, time in the market, meaning how long you've been investing is generally always how well, how much money you've saved or earned investing. And if your employee or sorry, employer has a 401k match, match as much as you can, or you feel comfortable. That's essentially free money. It's not being taxed. Um, it is for your retirement fund, but it's definitely something you should think about. And if you're 18, 19, 20, the benefits of doing that early on are just, you, you won't really comprehend it until you're in your thirties. And, uh, you know, like me, I wish I kind of did it a little earlier, but you know, it's never too late. And, uh, also another savings great account to be putting your money into is a Roth IRA. This will be tax-free money within the yearly allowances. I think it was like 5,500 last year. This year it's 6,500. And, uh, this is, this is a great account to save money and invest without getting taxable events each time with an individual brokerage account if you're trading a lot. Um, And also another recommendation is you really don't want to be, if you're not a full-time investor or trader, you don't really want to spend a lot of time picking stocks. When's a good entry point? When's a good exit point? Um, You want to be a hold, uh, buy and hold investor slash saver. If If you're working at a marketing company, you're a real estate broker, you're an independent person, you're you're a teacher. You don't want to be worrying about that all the time, okay? And we can talk. We'll talk another episode about other investing options. But in general, to be honest, to make it easy, you should just be investing in ETFs that are low-cost funds that are that are managed by places like Vanguard that kind of follow the S and P or the Russell 500, or they do tech stocks, or they do utility stocks. So they have different variations of baskets of stocks that are picked by that fund that's dedicated to the fund. For instance, like Vanguard's a good place. And then even other uh, other places also have them too. I think Charles Schwab has them. And a lot of these investor banks have them. Um, and generally they outperform money managers who can't charge 0.5, 1%, if you really want to have a person doing it, that's great. That's fine. Uh, but generally over the long term, they tend not to outperform unless you get a real, um, a real smart guy or gal who is helping you out. And then this is also, this whole strategy is kind of for not thinking about it that much, not putting too much time and thought into it, just uh, as part of your savings plan. So I hope you found that helpful. And hopefully if you follow these plans, you'll reach your savings goal for buying a house, 
maybe going and taking a vacation, maybe buying something for your family or significant other, or just saving for retirement. So uh, I think that it's important to kind of go over those aspects of people who are renting, you know, you're, you're throwing, you're throwing money away, you're not building equity and you're not in control of your uh, potential costs, which, you know, I, I'm kind of, I, I do agree that it's more important to leverage your earning power than savings because uh, earning is infinite, savings is, is limited. Um, but you do, you should get your spending in check and your savings in check as well as trying to bolster your income. So that's it for today. How to save some money, how to transition from renting to buying in a simple way by using simple little tips and tricks to save money. So I hope you enjoyed. If you did, press like, subscribe, comment, follow me on all social medias at Marcus Amadeus. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home in New York City, the tri-state, or nationwide, call us. We have a great team of professionals that will be able to help you navigate the market, the sales process, find the good deals, and close you on a home. So thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye.